TV Gay Club, what is up? Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer before we start this episode. Suzanne and I are going to be talking about Jenny and Georgia, which explores many unfortunate situations, especially in teen life today, including self-harm and molestation. So if you are very triggered by hearing about these type of topics, we just encourage you to press pause, go to the production notes, find where the Gilmore Girl discussion starts, and enjoy as we talk about the topic, does Gilmore Girls represent all women. I also would like to let you know that we do talk a little bit about Jenny and Georgia towards the end of that episode. So just encouraging you to also pause there and then skip on through until you feel more comfortable. Hope you guys have a great listen and let's go ahead and hear from Jake. What's up, you guys? This is Jake, Benny's boyfriend. You know, the one that you always hear about with all the shameless Jake plugs. Make sure to check out the TV Gate podcast posted every Tuesday by yours truly, the Gilmore Gay himself, Benny Higgins, and his lovely sister, Suzanne. Subscribe to their channel, and you will not be disappointed. That was good. That was good. It's like TV Guide, but it's gay, because I'm gay talking about tv but i'm not gay no but they know me from being the gilmore gay and they know me from being my sister good morning listeners and welcome to the tv gay podcast the podcast where we talk about tv shows that all of us are watching both new and old scripted and unscripted guilty and not guilty that's my um that's my teenager impression or actually like silly like millennial impression as well i'm benny higgins also known as gilmore gay from tiktok which is g-i-l-m-o-r-e-g-a-y all one word no spaces so follow me on tiktok for more gilmore and other show content whatever and i am suzanne his sister and you know me from nothing Yes, ma'am. Except for actually that you've been listening to these podcasts. So I guess you know me from this. Yeah. And I mean, definitely. And like, I've been getting people being like, hey, I listen to you guys on my way to work. I listen to you guys when I'm doing my laundry. I listen to you guys when I'm feeding my kids. Like, thank you guys so much for like listening to us and your support and everything. I will tell you, we've got a really fun show coming at you today. And I will be real with you that the interview that we did was filmed before our chat here. I was going to say, we can definitely tell you we're having, we have a great show for you because we have already recorded it. Like, it's excellent. (laughs) And like our girl, Rachel, is like bringing in some great topics to talk uh, about but first before that Suzanne and I are going to be talking about the show that we're watching together and if you guys followed us last week you know that we are watching Netflix's still number one trending show Jenny and Georgia which I will never understand except for the fact that I'm going to say you are still number one trending because of one the TS hate which we're going to cover don't you worry as well as the fact that you are shamelessly stealing content from Gilmore Girls, not only from the characters, but from other characters, and then combining those and thinking it's okay to do that. But we're going to cover all of that. Spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, um, because, I, I don't know, if you haven't watched it, 
at the same like area that we are, then just pause, go watch it, and then you can listen to us. Uh, or you could just not ever watch it and just trust us and our opinions. Or you could just go forward to the interview if you don't want to hear any of it. <laughs> Which guys, exactly. And like I put in our description, the little timestamp. So if you're like, I'm here for Gilmore Girls and only that, then fine. We don't want anything to do with you for the first 30 minutes anyway. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we love you and we love the, love the people who come in specifically to hear us gab about what is it Ginny and Georgia why couldn't I remember the name of the show yeah. wow we you love you my, guys just as much you made my joke you made me joking now be like wow he's such a jerk we, we follow Suzanne Gilmore Gay who whatever this exactly. was your plan all along I knew we it was stand your plan. Suzanne we stand Suzanne y'all hashtag we stand Suzanne Oh my gosh. Now, oh, I will, so I'm sure you guys have noticed that all of our special guests are new friends from TikTok off of my page. And I bet you're saying to yourself, dude, I want to rant with you guys. How do I do that? We'll stick around to the end of the episode and we will let you know how you can apply to be a guest on the TV Gate podcast. And of course, make sure that you subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you haven't already and leave us a glowing review i don't want i don't want just good no I don't, want, I don't want just great i want straight up glowing review we're talking like the one hit wonder of netflix glow that was like a great season <laughs> one and then like everyone was like i forgot it existed after that uh, it had like two more seasons after that i will say that we didn't watch those say, seasons no one was watching it like no one well i think some people i i think it didn't it get some type of like award but anyway they got is... award buzz but the thing was yeah it, it was suffering under the same thing that freaking mad men did i remember tv guide said mad men is the best show that no one is watching and mm, yeah that's like just some... like sports night i'm actually re-watching sports night right now that's another one of those shows where like every like all of the all of the critics were like this is an amazing show Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night uh with Peter Krause and Felicity Huffman check stop. it out stop now I what? haven't watched that yet I need to you haven't that. watched you haven't watched Sports Night I love me some Peter and Felicity yeah okay yeah. I know everyone's um, like I thought on... we were talking about Jenny and Georgia what you know what we can talk about other things as well and I'm pretty sure you guys like that too Again, I know I said this on the very first podcast or our very first episode, but if you're here, then you like television and you like to hear about television. Sissy, so you're right. enjoy the television of it all. I just want to say that if you are interested in watching Sports Night, it is on Amazon Prime Video, um, on the Amazon Prime or sorry, Prime Video app, and it's on their IMDb channel, um, which you get for free with Prime Video. And all you have to do is suffer through some commercials. That's it. Two seasons. Done. It's a real easy, yummy, yummy watch. Aaron Sorkin. I'm going to get all on it. All day, every day. I can finally get on it because well, I, I finished Jenny and Georgia, yeah. which is a gorgeous segue. 
Um, <laughs> You're right. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry, me uh, rabbit hole. We're so we're gonna be talking about episodes four through seven. We were gonna be like, let's just cut to the chase. But y'all, if you're watching the show, you will know that there there's no way to cut to the chase because these episodes are progressing about as fast as like seven to eight seasons of Gilmore Girls. But from right, Jenny's like twenty five now, right? I'm no, she's like forty one. Like, (laughs) and I'm pretty sure she changed her name to like. Deb like it, it's it, this uh, it's insanity so it's straight up insanity in a in a show like here's what's interesting to me about it and Rachel even talked about this she said so the first episode happened and I said I don't know how I feel and I said that's exactly what I said she said the Same. then two and three happened and I went you know what maybe I do like this show and then the fourth episode happened and I was like what in the actual fuck Hey, we got our E, um, is going on. And the first thing I want to talk about is Hunter, who is essentially the Dean character for this. Are we mm-hmm. agreeing that Hunter is the Dean? Like, uh, more than a hundred percent. What's uh, 500%. Like, yes, obviously. Hunter not replying to her sending a picture which for those of you that have not watched it, you probably are not listening to this. So, but I'll still give you an explanation. <laughs> Essentially, this episode is all about teenagers sending pictures that they shouldn't and getting mad at teenage boys who are not responding. And well, the we whole are... episode is not about that. Let's might as well be. No, the episode is honestly about with the teenager side of it it it, it, i mean so much of the show is actually about like teen sex um which but yeah it's about you know how do you get that person that you you know like to notice you and to you know i don't know let's just i I don't know i don't want to be gross about it but like jenny's horny like basically yeah (laughs) it's just but, but my thing is we're watching the show supposed to be down on Hunter this episode. Like, we're supposed to be like, good for Marcus. He is recognizing, you know, her beauty. I'm sorry, y'all. She's 15 years old. I don't want to see this. There should not be right. any shaming of Hunter being like, hey, I just respect you. And yeah, again, spoiler alert, back. his reaction to it is is what I would say would be a a good reaction for a teen. Yes, his I mean, reaction. Guys, I'm not I'm not slut shaming. I'm not no. I'm not doing any of that. All I'm saying is like, guys, wait a little bit to grow up. I beg Just of you. Just like give your like I, these are beautiful years. And you're not going to get these years back. So just like slow down yeah hunter go climb a tree like what in the freaking world i i know it's like hunter's (laughs) reaction is not the equivalent of dean being like telling rory he loves her and her saying i love the car and him chewing her out in the car like yes that's a jackass thing to do hunter is just being like um i mean you looked great but i respect i didn't want to objectify you for your body like what like sorry about it and i ps here's this amazing song that i wrote about you and what's so interesting to me is we're on episode four 
the very first episode, first moment, Jenny is a virgin. And at the end of the first, she's not. And then we're going, okay. But then the progression from this to all of a sudden, like, I don't get it. And I know we said it last week, but like, why does this not have a TV mature on it? I think I wouldn't be as bothered by the show if it did, because what it would be doing is being responsible and going, hey, if you are 16 or is it 17 for TV mature? What is it? Is it 17? Uh, I believe it's 17. Yeah. If you are 17 and up, then sure, you can handle this on your own. But if you're a teenager, even though, yes, you are a teenager, maybe you should talk with your parents about this first because there are some heavy issues we're covering in Uh this show. I don't mean to get on this soapbox, but like we're covering um, eating disorders. We are covering um, self-harm. We are covering teen sex and a lot of it. We are covering, I mean, uh, covering a little bit of drugs here and there. And it's- But not like, I mean, it's mainly just weed. But we the, are talking, but but we substance abuse of some sort. So we do we do cover alcohol. People compare it to One Tree Hill and to Gossip Girl in the sense they were like, well, teenagers were having sex there, but there is a nuance to it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, teenagers are not doing these things. I mean, I talked to my boyfriend last night, Jake. Um, shameless Jake plug. Shameless Jake plug. You missed it. Um, Sorry. Last night, well, and he was like, let's take that again. <laughs> No, I loved it. Um, okay. He was like, I did go to these parties. And I was like, but did you? And he was, like, he was like, these are what parties were like. He was like, in fact, I partied more in high school. And I was like, really? Maybe I was oh. just like in rehearsal a lot. And then I realized I was. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we will say, I will say this. I do know that in this day and age, our viewpoints in regards to this stuff, I would say are definitely in the minority. We were and that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's like good or bad we just we grew up differently um would you agree i mean i agree but but, I, but you do you but you you're gonna take a stand and you're gonna say no it's bad it is i'm sorry i i know i think i'm just trying to be like super politically correct and i, I think can't it's kind of no silly. i can't i don't want to i can't i don't want it do it's it. not good guys when i look I'm i'm telling the truth when i said it like wait wait to grow up you have so much other time to make these like ridiculously terrible mistakes like wait and like you can be of age like it yeah so i know the the next thing that you brought up is the genre issue with the show yes yes Uh, okay let's just talk about this for a moment Pick what genre you are. Oh, just are you my sister? Are are you a teen comedy? Are you a teen drama? Are you a you know a a Gilmore Girls type thing? You know, I don't even know how I would classify that genre. But are you um are you a horror show? Are you a Thirteen Reasons Why? Like you know that. What are you? I would like to talk about in the genre perspective, how with this Halloween episode, it comes so out of left gear. And I feel like the hate that it could get and the people supporting it would be like, well, did you get it? And I'm like, 
I get it. Yeah. That's not what the show is. How did you? I'm sorry. Can I say something? Please. They were so hitting us over the head with what they were trying to do with the Halloween episode. Oh my god. It is, it is insane for a person to be like, well, did you get it? Yes. And it's we got like, it. And then the yes, ending, it was so obvious. I get it. You think you're so cute because you put her wearing the same clothes that Drew Barrymore wears in the first scream. Whatever, guys. Blah. I, yeah. And it's like the end of this episode ends in a way that is a different show. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. Austin stabbing a kid on, like that. What? Again, this, left field. This is literally the equivalent. And I made this joke to you, and now I can finally talk about it on here. This is the equivalent of that episode of Gilmore Girls where Lorelai has a dream about Luke watching a movie. It's after they have broken up and they're watching the movie and she starts to look at him and then she gives this look as if she's going to bite his head off, literally. This is mm -hmm. how it feels, where it's like, and then suddenly Lorelai Gilmore bit Luke Dane's head off. And that yeah. is the moment that changed Gilmore Girls forever. Oh, right. I remember this. Yeah. Because Luke no longer has a head. And the rest of the series, <laughs> we're going, what commitment from Scott Patterson having to do the entire, and they would, in the behind the scenes, they would be like, and Scott Patterson was really, really dedicated to this headless story. Yeah, he was a real method actor. That this. he would wear like a green scarf over his face, even in rehearsals, so that he would know to never use his head. That to no, me, see, I feel like he's much more method than that. I think he would have just just cut off his head. Uh, sure, sure. And then like the <laughs> Emmy nominations would finally go to Gilmore Girls, and the whole thing of this is, I'm like, that to me is how shocking this Austin thing was. You're yeah, you're setting this up as like, okay, cool, we've got it. Georgia is a little bit more badassy. Jenny. Or, no, Georgia is a little more badass. You're talking about the mom, or yeah, it's the mom. Uh, okay. It's a little more badassy and like you know, killing people and stealing money, and it's not the best <laughs> thing in the planet, but whatever. <laughs> so we get that, but never has the sun given us any inclination. Nope. Not one have we been like, mm -mm. maybe he should go to therapy. And then, of course, we have to just suddenly discuss therapy. And it's just like, okay, cool. So I think that's very poorly, reason. I might add. Very poorly. Very, very, very poorly. One you thing know what I do. It seems like to me. What? Can I say something? I Let think. It out. Gosh. Ugh, that's probably going to be my catchphrase. Ugh. Can I say something, please? Okay. I feel like this show has a certain audacity to it a certain uh arrogance a certain arrogance and audacity where i feel like the writers went well we're going to totally get picked up for a second season so we'll just explain this later yep that's one billion percent what it was yeah that's one billion percent what it was and i'm so glad that you said audacity because it's offensive to me as well it's going and i'm so sorry if everyone that's what listening is like 
do you guys like anything? We like many things, but this show is not it. But we have to talk about it because it's the number one trending show on Netflix. And, uh, but the thing for me is it's like, we know we're going to get picked up because we are essentially fixing all the things that Gilmore Girls didn't do right through 2007. And we're going to put more of a modern twist but we're not going to admit it i mean you're freaking your zion character is a combination of christopher and rachel he is taking freaking pictures. Yep. he takes a picture of the mayor and georgia and realizes oh there's some chemistry just like rachel did at the I founders know. day is it founders day uh, y'all fix me on the festival i never get the festival name right when she saw luke and lorelei drinking coffee and then leaves yep. a bag with a satchel thing and zion leaves with a satchel thing and then what does zion do he appears on a motorcycle but not only does he appear on a motorcycle on is a motorcycle his daughter his daughter runs to him he picks her up she says dad runs to him he picks her up yep. off the ground and he says hey do you know who else said these exact same two lines in a row was rory more girl yep. She sees her dad, goes, dad. He goes, hey, picks her up. And Lorelai has this look. So don't tell me, oh, Jenny and Georgia, you know, there are some similar, honey, they are stealing. This is not a Fifty Shades of Grey was inspired by there Twilight. There are not some similarities. No. There is a literal plot. <laughs> There's a literal plot. And like, it's set in New England. The guy, Joe, is literally the Luke, and there's no hiding that. Congratulations. The guy who owns the <sighs> coffee slash wine shop slash whatever else it is, is- I was gonna say, person. no, it's not Luke, because he, it's a whole uh, restaurant. It's like a, a wine, a place where you can have wine. And that's the whole thing. Everyone's like, instead of, um, and someone said this and I was like, thank God, they were like, instead of Luke pouring Lorelai amounts of coffee, Joe is pouring Georgia large amounts of wine. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yep. Only we got to see that. Oh, we, we got to see that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just want, I, I want someone to admit it. I want someone. Yeah, to I, that's the thing I can't get over. No one's Why is no it. one admitting it? And I'm telling you, I was trying to say- food, it's so good. The argument that's been made is like, um, people take inspiration from other people's works all the time. Look at Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight. And I'm like, Hi. that is- Eat this. I'm going, that Hi. is the mood. Okay, this is so good. The style yeah. of it is cool. Okay, awesome. It's eerie. It's whatever. But Twilight was not a show about BDSM portrayed poorly, which BDSM is portrayed poorly in Fifty Shades of Grey, as has been told to me by many of my friends who are involved with consent BDSM. Sorry, I had to get this out. I'm so I've been looking for an article and I'm probably gonna write it myself and then just whatever. Uh, and no one's saying it. All the articles are saying are Jenny and Georgia is nothing like Gilmore Girls, and that's a good thing. Or Jenny and Georgia is um, is explore like it's all these positives, and I'm like, I will not live in a world where we are giving 
accolades to a show that is poorly written, poorly structured, but because yep. it's covering 17 of the most trending topics, that that makes it something that TikTokers can go on and be like, this is why Jenny to me is important. This is why Georgia is goals. She's not goals. She is literally lying to her daughter and Jenny is calling her mother by her name and we're calling it respect. I'm done. Ooh-wee. <laughs> That was a rant. I'm sorry. I hate this that, show. I hate this guys. show. I hate this show. Look, I know that there's a lot of Benny's TikTok followers on here. Um, Ooh, you I just, hate the show. You just experienced a live, uncut Gilmore Gay rant. I'm sorry. It's my biggest. That was beautiful. It's my biggest pet peeve. I, I can't. It's beautiful. I know I was silent during most of it, but I, <laughs> I think I was just in awe. It was like, it was like watching Michelangelo. Thank you paint so much. The Sistine Chapel. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I girl. Love it. Uh, girl. I don't know why I called my sister girl. Um, sister of mine, uh, cover something. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm you are. I'm hot right now. I, I don't know why I'm so hot about it because I get it's a TV show, but like never, ever, ever, ever compare what's going on here with Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Do your no. homework. Good Lord. No, no, it's it's also did anybody realize that the mayor is um, Max? Uh, do you know how we Max? know? do we know because um you know suddenly people are catching them get together uh and please go spoiler alert for the rest of the uh the rest of the whole season they get engaged yep Allah. which they get engaged in a way that is as lazy as Luke and Lorelai waiting nine years to get married and us <laughs> doing it in the revival. It was like Zion leaves and mm-hmm. then they're taking a picture, all of them together for Southern living, it looks like. Like, well, well, which is it's weird. Even more is that lazy not inappropriate? I'm no, sorry. it's even more lazy than that. Basically, all that happens is that Georgia goes in to the mayor's office and she's like ready. She had accepted the idea to go with Zion yes. to Boston because, Bo- okay, guys, this is that part of the show where I realized that I haven't told you at all what anything is that's going on in the television show. Whatever. So let's just, let's get it. Okay. Let's just get it real quick dumb little recap georgia is working in the mayor's office they're dating it's cute sure i guess i don't know it's cute because scott porter's cute scott porter is cute scott they did not skimp on the hotness of the boy in this show that scene Anywho. um okay so they're sort of dating and Georgia is stealing uh embezzling money basically from the entire town uh because she works in the mayor's office and Georgia and Zion uh have an on again off again Zion is obviously the father of Jenny oh I'm sorry I'm falling asleep um 
Then um, Zion and Georgia sleep together while Georgia is with, uh, relationship-wise, with the mayor. I believe his name is Paul. Who is a fine um, man. Is a fine man. He's a he great, great, he's a great with man. With her kids. Sorry. Yeah. Just... No, he is a he is he is a catch for sure. Um. So then Zion's like, hey. I know that I didn't want to be a family like a long time ago and I wanted to go out and like do all the things that I wanted to do but like still be in Jenny's life but now like I'd really really like to be a family so I have bought an apartment in Boston and uh, I would like us all to go and be a family and Georgia's like uh okay and then you it looks like he's she's gonna say yes to George to to Zion and then, and maybe I'm getting it wrong, but I feel like she goes in to like talk to the mayor, Paul, and she tells him that she slept with Zion and he goes, yeah, I figured you would. I will say um, that I think that I, I loved how he handled that. I'm sorry. I did. I No, I do too. I think that, that I think he handled it well, but I'm saying this was the proposal. Yeah. I figured that you would. Hey, look, here's this engagement ring that I bought after our first date. Yeah. Cut to Zion breaking things off with Georgia because he knows she knows how much he cares about the mayor. Uh, and then Georgia sitting on the chair, having already accepted the proposal from the mayor. Do you know who else proposed <laughs> someone because they were afraid of losing them to someone else? And so they proposed drastically. Nobody who Max Medina. Max Mafrickin Dina. Do not tell me this show is not trying to be Gilmore Girls. Do not gaslight me. Please keep going. I mean, that's basically it, dude. Um Oh yeah. We won't tell the ending ending because I know we said we're talking about four through seven, but y'all some there's bits about the show that I'm like, move on. Let's talk about all the way to episode 10. And then there's okay. bits about it that are like Here's, an, here's something else I need to talk about. I want to talk about Jenny changing and changing and changing and changing and changing. Jenny, Jenny's arc. Look, if this is what teenagers are like right now, then that's great. I'm glad that they're getting some representation on screen that makes them feel like they're understood. I was an emotional teenager. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was not. I was a, an emotional teenager. But I did not change everything about myself every five seconds. She, okay. She starts off, she's a virgin. She's so sweet. You know, we've got like that, that whole like sweet, innocent. I've never had any friends. She starts to get friends and then she starts to kind of go downhill. And then all of a sudden Hunter dedicates this song to her. She sees that it is on YouTube and that it's like blowing up and that everybody is going crazy for it. And then suddenly out of nowhere, and they do actually kind of mention it, which I find funny. She's Regina George. Yep. All of a sudden, she is like totally, uh, I believe it's the Halloween episode, like one of their 
friends that's not a part of Mang wants to be a part of it, wants to do a group costume. And she's like, uh, it's just Mang. And she is mean to everybody. And she's like drinking tons. And she is just being so not even true to herself. And she has a beautiful moment in the bathroom. You're right. She does Freaking some amazing. This is not against the actress. The no. actress is doing a great job with what she has. This is the writing. I will still state um, this before you say that. I will state this. Antonia Gentry, to me, is in line to be this one that, like, we need to keep watching. I love that she comes from Atlanta, Georgia. I love that she is someone that's close to home, literally. Yeah. This character's writing pisses me off. Yeah, that's it's, all the char- it's the writing for the character. It's not, not, yeah. Okay, so then, I mean, like, blink of an eye, she's out of that. And now she's, like, this amazing friend that's, like, taking care of, of Max and, and, and trying. And then five seconds later, she's right back down the, the I'm a terrible person rabbit hole. And, and I can't. No. I just, I just, like, could you just slow down? Like, I didn't even get, again, fantastic performance with what you have, but I didn't even get a chance to like know who you were as a teenager, as somebody that's navigating these things. And I mean, if that's what you are, you're just like a schizophrenic person who just like changes from thing to thing, then give me some back. back then address it, that. then address it. Yes. It just, it was, it, that was really, for me, that was like super, super frustrating. And I will, I, and then I want to say one more thing. Please. That Go I want ahead. us to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter, 400,000% deserved to win the essay writing contest. <laughs> and do you, do you know why he deserved to win the essay writing contest, Suzanne? Uh, is it because he, he wrote it? did an essay? Also, I want everyone to know this. You don't magically become a beat poet of that stature in two days. <laughs> I get that your dad is a great beat poet, but there's not this thing where it's like, oh, I realized I have this in me. Let me speak from the heart, but an iamic pentameter. No, no. If you're gonna do this realistic thing, then you can't do the storyline where suddenly one of the protagonists is like speaking her truth beautifully and we're supposed to believe that this is real this is something that was in her all along i'm sorry we're not going to have a disney channel original series moment where she wins did we ever see her write a poem no did we ever see her write a poem did we ever see her write a song did we ever see any of that in fact did we ever see her write anything all she does is do a very good job of talking about books and she is in AP literature but that doesn't mean that she's like this fantastic writer and and like there is never a point where they're like this is she has oh my goodness you know what she has nothing that she just does no you know what I mean she's not a painter she's not and and not that like everybody has to have that but like she has no zero in you know like Max is doing the school play. Yes. And so she has that. Marcus is is painting. You know, his painting, like he's a he's clearly like a tortured artist. 
Hunter uh, apparently tap dances, but apparently. also, but also he's a musician and like that's where he feels most at home. And I guess they do kind. Now that I come to it, you know the point of that essay was like, where do I feel most at home? And maybe that's it. Like she doesn't feel at home anywhere. Okay, so I she doesn't have anything. I want to go off of that. Okay. Once again, I think it is your point that you made where you said it's the writers and the creators going, we're going to get picked up for season two. We can cover this later. Yes. Are we bringing in this beat poetry for this to actually be a thing? That it's like, this is her journey. She's going to be a poet just like her dad. Is that what it is? And is her dad really a poet? Like, And it- also, did we see anything more of it after that one place? in the no no and honestly I felt that he was more saying I didn't think it was the beat poetry I felt like he was more saying these this type of people this um this amount of uh uh what's the word um uh multicultural place yes is where you belong you you do belong because she her her beat her poem so beautifully says the place i'm most comfortable is in the spaces between and that's beautiful that that makes a lot of sense she is mixed and so she doesn't feel completely black and she doesn't feel completely white and she is totally like in between but i i I don't i don't think they know maybe they just don't know i don't know i I get more mad the more i talk about this show i know you do I can see it in your eyes now and that then, I'm not like. And then yeah. floorboards, floorboards, really? Again, look, this is this is my review for Jenny and Georgia. Let's just wrap it up here. I, we don't, I don't know. Should we do a third one? Anyway, this is my review for Jenny and Georgia. Pick a lane. And stop. A- Wait, were you going to say more? I'm so sorry. No, I said, oh, what? I was saying that would be like a great cut. <laughs> oh, it probably is. And also, don't steal moments from another show and then put them with other characters and act like it's okay. Because this whole floorboard <laughs> thing is you going, Lane did the floorboards. So we're going to take the floorboard storyline, but we're going to put it with the mother and daughter. That way we can't get in trouble. I think that's reading too much in it, into it. I, I don't. I, not when I'm you've got sorry. all these I'm other be... billion things. I know, but I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna put the kibosh on that one. I think that's reading too much into it. The other stuff, five thousand billion percent, do I agree with? You wait but, a year later, she's gonna admit I was actually inspired, and I went, oh my gosh, you know, Lane has this, but we can't do that. But I like the floorboard thing. Why don't we have their past be hidden under? Come on, Suzanne, come on, under no, the floorboards, really. Put it in a box. That's a perfectly, that's a, no, Benny. That is a normal, that's a normal hiding space, spot. When did you ever hide do. anything under a floorboard, Suzanne? When did you do it? Tell me. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's a, if I've ever had a place where the floorboards would move like that. Exactly. But I definitely, but I definitely would if I did. It's. Of course I would. I mean, I used to, I mean, every single place we, we moved to, I would always look for like, you know secret passageways and uh, you know little rooms that nobody knew about 
I don't know. It sounds like every place that we've moved is like this big, massive mansion. It's it's yeah. not. I just mean like, I'm just saying like, the floorboard thing doesn't bother me. Fine. In the least, Fine. sorry. There's just so many, there's so much bigger issues with the show that the floorboard is not enough for me to be like, yep. I'm just, I think the thing that makes me mad about it, and I promise we'll move on, is just, it's acting as if it's this beacon of hope for issues. And it's not. It's essentially that Robert Pattinson movie, Remember Me, where the shock factor is that it's 9-11 and he's in the tower and this love story you've been following is actually about people that were dealing with 9-11. And it's like, what? You're going to use a subject like 9-11 to be your shock factor? This to me is that show. This to me is that show. Have you seen Remember Me? Uh, I haven't. Whatever. But I have to say, we've hit so many offensive topics tonight. Today, I feel like how was like that offensive what I just said? How was that offensive no, what I just said? No, 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 no. 9-11. Like, just bringing up 9-11. Well, it's just like, 9-11 is a serious thing. You can't just mm -hmm. be like, ooh, shock factor. He was in the Twin Towers when he was calling his girlfriend. You didn't oh, know I see. until like we're 20 minutes. I hate it. Ugh. All ranting aside, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Not only do we talk to each other about TV, but oh, Lord mercy, we got we talk to other people about it as well. And you guys, since this first season is called Stars Hollow Gazette, even though you're like, is it? Because you're talking about Jenny and Georgia a lot. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about Gilmore Girls today with my new friend Rachel and our. Oh, our, my apologies, our new friend, Rachel. And I will tell you guys, it's a really special one because we're going to be talking about the question, does Gilmore Girls represent all women? And I was really excited to be in on this conversation because hearing from these two amazing women, first off, my incredible co-host, um, Suzanne, my sister, and then my new friend, our new friend, Rachel, <laughs> I was able to get a little more insight um, on what they felt. So let's get into it. Are you ready to start this interview that was pre-recorded? I'm ready to start this interview that was pre-recorded. Great. Hi. Oh my gosh, Rach. I can't believe we're finally doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've had to push this date back so many times and the time yes. and everything. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's four in the morning. Nothing says coffee like four in the morning. It's <laughs> four in the morning. It is, it is, but tomorrow looks great so far, so we're okay. <laughs> we could have done later if that would have helped no, you. I can't believe we're recording at four o'clock in the morning. No, I mean, I'm going to admit vanity and admit that I did a bit of a face because me, half an hour ago, that looked like four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, honey, I feel you. <laughs> you mean Rachel. like this ragged mom of two situation i've got going on i, I think you that. look amazing <laughs> i i'm so excited yeah. rach i'm so happy to have you and i won't lie right before this i was like i'm not feeling this today's been a crappy day just blah. and then i don't know seeing you i was like i want to do it let's do it <laughs> 
So, so Rach, I have to. Oh wait, what were you gonna say? Sorry, I'm just in the interest of honesty. I'm wearing my pajamas. Love it. So like, just from here up, business. From here down. Still I gotcha. I'm wearing the same thing I've been wearing for the past three days. So. Me too. <laughs> so yeah welcome welcome to it i love how much of a mess we are and i'm living for every bit of it uh so i have to know rach i want you to tell me a little bit about your tiktok journey because it's really cool getting to see like your page progress into this here are my thoughts on these specific movies and this month you are doing oh my goodness why can't i think of um cult classics thank you cult classics um so where did this inspiration come from to do this? Um, I've always been a movie, like a movie freak. My sister and I um, literally speak in fluent movie quotes. That's, that's how we converse. Yeah. And just as Love. we, right? And as, as I was growing up, it was just something that, uh, you know, started when I was really young. It was, I was always exposed to films and exposed to films that probably were not age appropriate, but um, I just love, yeah, right. You feel me. And, uh, and I just, I always loved them. And, and I was growing up, I was a performer. I was a dancer. I was an actor. Wow. And yeah. And then um, I hit 18 and chose a completely different career path, but I, it's just always been a passion and, I've had friends tell me that I should somehow do something where I talk about it. And I joined TikTok like so many because of, you know, boredom during COVID. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and um, literally had joined because one of my best mates had joined and said, you should try this. And I'm like, okay. And then I realized she'd never made TikTok. She was just, you know. She was just watching it. Watching everybody else. <laughs> That's me. And I was like, oh, yeah. She still doesn't make TikToks either. She she just watches them too. But um, yeah, and then I just I really got into it. And then I was watching Christmas movies for Christmas, and I thought, why not do a month of this? And and then I just changed it up every month. So, and you are, if I'm correct, you're you're in Australia, right? Like I am. I am. What what part of Australia? I'm a Sydney girl. Okay. Sydney? Yeah. Yeah. So like born and raised, Rachel, or like? Born and raised, yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Come on, visit. We'll have to, you know, when when we're allowed to. Uh, We have some, my husband and I have some friends that live in Australia. What part of Australia does, oh, and they're, and he's gone. And he's gone. He was here. He was here the whole time I didn't want him to be. <laughs> so he was here the whole time I didn't want him to be. And then now that I actually need something from him, gone. <laughs> Mitch, gone. Gone. Yep. Gone. He's gone. Come on. Come on so, so Rach, I really kind of want to go into this topic. Do we feel like Gilmore Girls is representing women fully? Or are there times where it's not doing as much? I'd love to hear from you, Rachel, and also Suzanne. Obviously, um, <laughs> thanks, Suzanne, for I, being my ghost. <laughs> I I think in a lot of ways it is. Um, I think as a plus size woman, uh, Su- Suki is a really great example of being a fully rounded character where they're not using her weight as her storyline. And I love that. And I love that too. 
um, you know, you see her have a successful career, a, a, you know, a very happy marriage um, and all of those things. And you see the insecurity in the beginning when she's starting the relationship, but none of that is attributed to her size. That's just attributed to her wanting wanting it to work out, which I sure. think anybody going into a relationship yeah. wants. Um, I, my best friend's mother-in-law is Emily Gilmore as like, <laughs> as a person. Amazing. And yeah, it just makes me love her even more. And, um, and I think that there's a lot of aspects. I think as, you know, it, as time has gone on, we notice some of the lack of diversity in Gilmore Girls. Sure. But I think it was representative of what television was, particularly in the early 2000s. And, um, and I love, I love that you see all these women that are really strong in different ways. So for Lorelei, independence is her strength. Yeah. She has yeah. to be able to do it on her own. Whereas with, you know, with Emily, you see that, she doesn't always know how to show that she loves people, but she does it by supporting. You know, she 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 very much gave herself that supporting role. She's not the star in her marriage. No. And um, and you see somebody. Like, I mean, Paris. I Paris and Emily fight it out for my favorites always. But always, Paris, I'm all same. <laughs> and <laughs> and you just see it, from get go, Paris is somebody that gives everything to everything. Yes. She just. Yeah. You know, she she gets on that path to get whatever she wants, and and you, and you also see it in the ways that people act out. You know, uh, Lane Lane and her music, mm-hmm. even though yeah she has to hide it. And then the you know the fact that her mother the, her mother runs a business. You you see a lot of women running businesses in this show. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It. You know, going off of the Paris thing, this new trend, or not new, I guess, but in the past year of what I've seen is, you know, we feel like Paris was a missed opportunity to be an LGBTQ plus character. And for Mm. me, as an LGBTQ plus person, I just take major offense to that because I feel what it's doing for representation of women is going, if you are strong, if you're opinionated, then you are... You should be gay because that is what f- lesbians are: is that they're strong and opinionated and defying, you know, the world. And I would, I don't know. Every time I hear that story of like, this should have happened with Lane. She should have been gay. This is the pro. I hate that. I hate yeah. that whole entire thing. Um, yeah, that's a really great point. Um, I, I, I've heard of the, you know, uh, people being like, yeah, Paris, if this was made now, Paris, Paris would be that. I had not thought about that before. That's like, a, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of diminishing, like, I don't know. It's kind of diminishing that like a straight woman can be strong and, yes. and powerful and opinionative and, and and even like have a masculine side to her which is insane like yeah ex- exactly and, and you yeah you look at the representation of women with Gilmore girls and just like you're bringing up with Suki she is plus sized but that's not her character her character mm-hmm. is not yeah. a plus size friend of Lorelai Gilmore but i will yeah. say in tv today that seems to be what it is now is that it's we don't want to hide this 
so you're telling me, as you've said, being a plus size woman, you loved that Suki's character was not represented by just her being plus sized. How do you feel with TV today of how it's representing plus size women? I, I think that there's this very fine line where they, they try to work body positivity and health into mm. the same sentence. And so, um, and even just the way that, because uh, I, I know that you watch Bridgerton as well. So even just the way people respond to Penelope and how she's been described, nobody ever did that with Suki. No. Nobody mm-hmm. ever nobody ever describes her that way. And and honestly, my weight is the least interesting thing about me. It is the <laughs> least interesting thing about me. And so yeah. I think you know, I, I think it's fantastic. And I also I also really love what you guys were saying about Paris and this whole you know, it, it's almost like there are people that think that in order to be a woman you have to be meek. Mm. And I I I work in community services. I, you know, I work in the social work side of things and it is a female predominated field. My CEO is, you know, is a kick-ass woman who is heterosexual. So I just, I think that it's, it's people trying to put people into boxes and you don't have to do that. No. And it's it's unfortunate because you look at Melissa McCarthy's later works, she does this Mike and Molly show, which is all about being a plus size woman and dating as a plus size woman and getting with a plus size man. (laughs) And so I just think that it's pretty amazing of Gilmore Girls to just like you're saying, to have these plus size characters, you also have Mrs. Patty, who has so many husbands, okay? And never once is it slut-shamed. Never once is it this thing. So one of the things that I really love about Gilmore Girls is the representation of a mother and daughter relationship. Obviously, that's what it's known for. I think the thing that pisses me off about today's standards is how it's considered unhealthy how making your daughter your best friend and treating her as such is something that is crippling so so then do we do we blame rory's decisions you know this character's decisions on her upbringing or absolutely not i I agree thank you i i no i think it has everything to do with you know, she lived a privileged life. That I mean, that's uh, Barn. Yeah. Uh, that's the point. I mean, like she wants to go yeah. to Yale. She yeah. gets to go to Yale. <laughs> yeah, like her parents, yeah. her grandparents pay for it. I don't think that has anything to do with Lorelai. I think it has. No, anything- I mean. No, where are you saying? Sorry. No, no. I mean, not to get into the generational discussion once again, but Rory is a millennial, and. And millennials, one of our main traits that we are told over and over again is how, as a child, was how amazing we were at literally everything that we did. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, oh, what a great writer you are. What a great, I mean, for the most part, maybe it's, I'm sure it's not across the board, but what I've heard by and large is that. And then she got out into the real world and somebody said, oh, I'm so sorry, you are not as amazing as everybody told you you were. And then she lost her freaking mind. And that is where her decisions come from. So, you know, it's kind of, 
it's kind of half nurture, half nature type thing where, yeah. you know, those parents were all about like, lift her up, lift her up, lift her up. She's the best. Or Sorry. Well, yeah, both parents actually, you know, she's the most amazing and everybody around her, she's the most amazing. And then one person is like, no, I'm so sorry. You are not the most amazing. And she crumbles. And she crumbles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something I've, I've found in my own life is, you know, I, growing up, you know, oh, you're just, you're the best actress, you're the best singer. And you're just like, oh, I am going to conquer the world with my talent. Mm. And then you get out in the world and you're like, everybody else was told that they were going to conquer the world with their talent. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I really like what you're saying about the whole nature versus nurture thing too, because and particularly when we're looking at the way people are nurtured, because if you look at, say, Lorelei and Paris, they come from not dissimilar backgrounds and both right. of them show amazing resilience because of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Paris doesn't get into Harvard. She takes to her bed for a week and then right back up and back at it. Yeah. She doesn't go and steal a boat. <laughs> right. I you go. She go off. completely blow her mind or blow her yeah. world apart. Because yeah. somebody said, and you know, here's the thing. Yes, it was like what Mitchum said was like devastating to her, but like it's still it's not it's, it's actually a little bit prophetic though. Like if you look at the Oh, I I might have to <laughs> No, look, Mitchum shouldn't have said that to a young girl. Oh, I'm, no, not saying, I'm not saying that. It. I'm just saying that in regards to abusive whatever things that somebody could say to somebody in the start of their their uh, career, it's, it's on the lower side of that. I would agree. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. I am. Um, I, yeah, I'm just actually now thinking about all the different ways that people are resilient and, um, you know, and work their way back. And, and you just sort of with, with Paris, it happens several times. Like exactly when her parent when her parents escape um, because of the IRS stuff yeah. and she's left broke. I forgot about and that. She, just, she works out a way to come back from it. And, yeah. um, and, it, and it does sort of show you that. And, and I think that, I think that there are absolutely, I think it is a millennial trait where it was brought in that, um, you know, everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a participation trophy, right? We have that that generation. Um, But I also think it shows you, uh, because I'm the youngest in such a big family, my mom still parented me the same way she parented all the others. So I did not come from that family that told you, you can do anything, live live your dreams. Sure. I kind of am that kind of person though, where I'm like, do anything you want, you can do it, right? <laughs> you know, just disgustingly cheerful and optimistic. But sure. um, but I also see the resilience that comes from growing up knowing you've got to work hard for what you want. Mm. And mm-hmm. and that's how Paris was raised, was that every geller had gone to Harvard. She had to go to Harvard. And right. and Lorelai's resilience comes from, you know, the life choice of having a baby at 16. Um, her resilience comes from not wanting to parent her child the way that she's being told she has to. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'd like to make a point off of that. When we visit them many, many years later in the revival, whatever anybody's feelings are in regards to the revival, Paris is succeeding oh, in yeah. her life. She is, I mean, succeeding in whatever way, but I know it's relative, but she's thriving. She's thriving. She's thriving yeah. in her life. Um, Lorelai, although she has to go on her wild adventure, she thrives thriving as well. in her life. Rory is not thriving. So this is my issue with this whole thing is I feel like there is one character in the show that does not get that same respect. And that is Lane Kim. I feel like she doesn't get the things that she wants and then is made out to be the butt of the joke about it. And I hate it. Like I hate the fact that she has twins and then that's it that she doesn't, yeah. there's nothing else for her life. It's, to me, one of the most dated things about Gilmore Girls is that whole thing. Why are you smiling at me like that, Suzanne? Because something that I was thinking in the beginning of us talking about representation is that I didn't think that normal people and normal lives were represented in the show. But why is it that Lane Kim hold has on, to get that on. representation? The person that never got anything she wanted basically the entire show or got Walmart brand of things that she wanted. Whereas Rory Gilmore has gotten everything. But do you, do you honestly, so. This is a great I mean, conversation. This is, this is so like weirdly <laughs> philosophical, but do you, are you more thinking of like what you wanted for Lane Kim or what Lane Kim actually ended up wanting? Oh my gosh, your hair is gorgeous. Sorry, you, I just like looked down and you had like done something, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, my best friend." Okay, I want to, I want to go with this. Okay, no, because here, let me give an example. Let me just give a real sad, depressing example. No, I'm just kidding. I, I wanted very much to be a famous actress that was going to do all of these things and I'm not saying I've like given up on that at all but once I had and I still felt that after I had my daughter and then after having my son there is a, a part of me that's like I'm so happy being a mom I'm so happy like I'm so content and happy being a mom getting to see these kids grow up being there with them and that being my story that's currently what my story is which I am a wife and I am a mother and so I and I am a person as well like I'm not trying to say I'm not a person but I don't think that's shown a lot in and and that that's kind of what I was saying was that that when we're that talking it's like about they this. Want those things to just yeah to want, yeah and yeah. and actually that that's true when you see the way that they treat Lindsay yes. as a character yes who is who is the actual representation of what it is that Dean's always said that he wants yes exactly um, yeah and then but she's she's pitted against Rory as being less than mm-hmm. and um and I, I sort of, I actually see both sides of what both of you are saying with Lane. I <laughs> this is think, great. You can be I, the middleman. Rather than the buffer. Um, I think that Lane was written with enough background to make her a great best friend of Rory Gilmore. Yes. 
but they didn't fill out her character past that enough. And, and so when it came to her falling pregnant, it was like, okay, yeah, we're good. And Mm. that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and like it, I mean, the the one thing that I really liked about her being pregnant was when she was saying, "I'm going to be the same mother, the same type of mother that my mother was. I'm gonna, I'm going to parent my children the same way." Um, but then you don't see that in the revival. She doesn't no. do that circle. She just is Lane, who happens to have she's she's sixteen year old Lane who happens to have two kids. Mm-hmm. And that's a side story. There's no, um, you know, where characters like Emily and Paris have been given an arc. Yeah, Lane is yeah. that's true. That's true. And stuck where she was. Yeah. But to me, that is what it is for her the entire show. Every single person, with the exception of Zach, every person that she has ended up with fizzles out. There is yes. no actual, like ending for it now obviously the whole thing with adam brody is because of the oc and that's fine okay but the whole thing with henry it fizzles out they have that little like i asked someone else to the prom and then that's it there's and then we're just expected to follow rory gilmore and her journey with jess mariano whereas her friend lane has very much been into henry cho and yeah. then the thing with Dave, I promise I'm almost done. Oh, wow. The sound today is just inspiring. I don't know what it is today. Um, the thing with Dave, this amazing storyline that we're finally getting for this character that is seeming fleshed out, fizzles out. There's no explanation for it. Mm. Uh, Isn't that an actual, that's a pretty interesting thing because when... And, and please, major, 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 major Gilmore fans that I love and respect, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't, wasn't Lane based off of someone in Amy Sherman Palladino's actual life? Yes. Yeah. She's uh, based off of um, Amy Sherman's best friend, uh, Helen Potter. Then, yeah. So isn't that interesting that her best friend, the person that she's basing Uh, off of her best friend is so poorly not poorly is so like unfinished respect yeah yeah um I don't know that's that's really fascinating to me just because like that's the one person that's I'm starting I'm I'm, like thinking through Amy Sherman Palladino stuff right now Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to notice that her writing has a decidedly negative or goofy look towards women that aren't like actively trying to be like in the workforce or aren't trying to um I mean again and I don't want to say just but women who have chosen to be stay-at-home moms or have chosen that that path she has a very very decidedly negative look towards it like you can even go into I know we're all here for the Gilmore of it all but you can go into Maisel and she marvelous Mrs. Maisel like her mom is looked down on for what her mom is doing until we see this like rich backstory of her in Paris and going to school and doing all this stuff like what is it 
that there is no worth, there seems to be no worth in a woman who chooses to raise her children. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's television everywhere. I mean, honestly, like it, until the mom of the story is like going to school part-time or, you know, doing, a, I, don't, I don't know, like doing well, something else that's when they've decided that her life has some type of worth well, instead this, of, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, this is where my issue is because what you have said is so true that you're like, I am a mom of two. This is my life. And I love how my life has turned out. And there's no shame on that. But the issue is that there is shame on that. Just like you were saying in media of being the woman that didn't get what she thought she was going to get and had two kids. The issue for me, the most of all, is that the entire show, Lane is not getting what she wants. It's always something else. So to me, it's a missed opportunity. And this isn't Amy Sherman Palladino's fault. It's the new writer's fault. And I get that. She wanted her to be this rock star. Oh yeah, that's true. But it's such a missed opportunity because I'm like, okay, cool. Her having kids is not my issue. Have have kids. Have seven kids. That's fine. Why are we suddenly just going, she has kids and now the dream is gone? Why wasn't it represented in a different way? Would it not have been a great opportunity to show this character being on tour with two kids and showing how she juggles that? She has this great passion for her kids. Even you know, teaching her kids about music, involving them yes. into that. Yeah. Show, yes. Showing that she has layers because basically it's she has kids, she's boring, we're done. Yep. And and she's not. She she has stuff there. And it's it's so funny because it, it's so true that there is very few times when women are represented as being mothers at, and homemakers as, like, mm-hmm. as a full-time you know, that's what they're doing full time and it being an interesting thing. It, it also goes the other way, uh, you know, uh, where the women that don't want to have children or can't have children are sort of also, a, you know, I, I don't even think so much in media, but definitely in real life, it, you know, you've got that pressure of, well, you're also not doing what your body was engineered to do. So, mm-hmm. um, I look, I think what... Gilmore Girls does is it shows us different aspects of different women but certain characters like Lane I feel like Lane is almost given the same amount of character arc as Babette and Miss Patty she's given she's given the character arc of a background character but she's not a background character Mm -hmm. and I just think that they yeah that there could have absolutely been some depth there you know that she yes she's a mom and she doesn't need to have a job but she's you know moms are women too mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah no I I I totally agree with you um yeah I I I, I, I don't I don't know how to agree with you more than I already do like uh, that's the thing is that I I feel like it's just this idea that like you become a mom you're no longer a woman your storyline doesn't matter anymore unless you decide to go back into the workforce or unless you decide you know to I don't know 
do something. You know, the interesting about that, and I'm, it's cool that you bring that up, Suzanne, is like these characters that didn't get this development are still yet seen as like they have it all. Like Lane has a family. Lane has stability. Like even though we have put her to the side, you see what happens to Rory in this revival and you're like, well, we didn't do much with Lane, but also Lane's happy as can be playing in the background or in the hideaway bar with her husband and, you know, getting together with her band every once in a while. That's what I'm trying I, to say. <laughs> I think, I think Lane is written as a real person. And to be honest, sometimes our stories don't get fleshed out. Sometimes we just meet Henry Cho and over and over again, we're not able to hang out. And he goes, you know what? Uh, there's another girl that I'm looking at at my school. And that's a real life thing. There's no drama. Do you, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Like yeah. the drama is the every day. The drama is her overbearing mom. The drama is that she it loves rock and roll music. She, to me, she seems like the every person, the person who she's the audience. She, we're looking at her and we can relate to her because she's not some weird fantastical thing where everything she does is right and every attractive guy is madly in love with her and every like i i like that i adore your passion i do too i like that about her like i understand that she's underwritten and that and that sucks but at least i can look at her and go like you know what i get that that i get that <laughs> So that's amazing to hear because I don't hear that. I mean, I hear from so many of my followers being like, yeah, Lane is under, you know, is underappreciated. She should have gotten these things. But I think what you're kind of bringing up, Suzanne, is a huge thing that's like, I actually think she is representing women well because there are plenty of women that didn't have these fleshed out. in their life. That don't have these fleshed out stories (laughs) of like, these things were resolved. We had this big thing happen to me. I just have a normal life. And, and I had... yeah, we've all, all been in a bedroom skanking to Rancid at some point too, surely. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That works out well. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, like, oh, my end didn't burn down. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're like, not on, Like, let me just, I mean, there's plenty of people that have tons of terrible things happen to, him, happen to them. I'm not saying that there's not. Yes. But there's a lot, a lot of people that just don't. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst thing, you know, that you could say, Benny, that's happened to you? Well, I'm just kidding. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we don't have to but go into anything. Of, but there's, there's a lot of in between. And there's not always a lot of representation of yes. the in between. Yeah. So Sorry. so that's my that's my big controversial take on it, which well, and I'm excited because we're going to have an episode where we talk about a lot of controversial takes, you know, whether it be the what? Why are you giving me that look? What look? Oh. You say this in literally every single podcast. What do I say? <laughs> you say what? Why are you giving me that look? It's a it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. They're going to be like, is Suzanne giving him the look this time? Uh but obviously, you know, we'll talk more into this with other guests about like these controversial topics. But I guess what I kind of want to end this with is kind of going around. Do we feel this what we've been talking about today? 
Does Gilmore Girls represent all women correctly? I don't know. I think I'm going to like break some hearts and, and make make us not have followers. But I would, say absolute, I would say absolutely not. And I, I don't was, think it represents all women. Um, definitely doesn't rep- represent uh, African-American or, no. or um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have any. <laughs> you know, you're not going to break any hearts. I promise you, because that no, is- I know, <laughs> I know, I won't break any hearts with that. But, but other than that, I also would say no. Um, I think it does a really beautiful job, like we were saying, with um, with plus size women and not making the show about that and and making it just about their life, and that is fantastic. But there aren't only two types of women in the world where you're either plus size and beautiful or you're skinny and beautiful or you're white or yeah (laughs) so um it does a lot for women and for I think feminism and things like that I'm not not disputing that but no it does not it does not fully represent women in the least in my opinion do you feel like it encourages unrealistic standards for women and journeys of their life and, you know, what it means to succeed and what it means to not? Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it makes I'm learning sense. today. I love it. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I think, um, I don't know. I think it does. I think it does a millennial expectation of women. What do you think, Rach? I... I I just am a bit blown away with how much I agree with everything that Suzanne just said. Um, <laughs> I I think that it, I think that it's really great at representing aspects of women. Um, I think that it's a show that definitely didn't make women just supporting characters. Yeah. Um, I think that it shows you that there are different types of women. But that a lot of the time when we're talking about the different types of women, they're not necessarily characters that are fully fleshed out. Um, I think that it, it, like, I think going back, it it probably doesn't represent homemakers well. I think that it shows um, the different ways that women can show strength. Mm. And that, um, because there's very much always this thing of, um, you know, Paris tends to be, when you think of a strong woman, you, you know, Paris is that sort of representation of what strength is generally represented as. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as somebody who is very, um, I'm not a yeller. I'm a very quiet person, but I am, I'm, I'm stubborn as all hell when it's something that I really believe in. I like that there are different ways that women are shown to be strong, that Suki is this playful, flighty person, but you don't touch her sources in her kitchen. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and that, you know, and, and that Lorelai was willing to work her way up to get the career that she wanted. Mm. Um, and that her, um, you know, and that you see that in different ways and that you also see that for some people, strength isn't their strength. Rory, Rory's not a particularly strong person. Mm. Um, and, and yet she's, you know, she's our protagonist. She's our, she's one of our leads. And it's so funny when you go back and you watch it because I remember loving her so much when I watched it originally. And now I'm just like, oh, she annoys me. <laughs> yeah. 
quite a lot. She annoys me. But I, I also, <laughs> I think that I, you know, I think that there are definitely aspects. And I think that when you look at every show that Amy Sherman Palladino has done, Mm-hmm. She gets a little mm-hmm. bit better at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that show, you know, making women a, a little bit more rounded. And I've been re-watching Bunheads. Um, mm, we were, I watched it a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's on Disney Plus. And I was like, oh. And I've been re-watching that. And, and that's a show that I'm actually disappointed only lasted the, you know, the I agree. small amount of time that it did. Um, but you see the, the way that she's rounded out women a bit better in that that's her next step and then you know and then the accolade she's now getting it's I, th- I think it was a process and I think Gilmore was probably the original baby and that yeah, it's that's a good point. yeah she she's you, she's you watch her grow as a writer and and as the shows progress I guess and you know she used to write for Roseanne and I didn't realize how much that kind of made sense to me until until kind of hearing people being like their arguments for how she writes characters and I'm like hmm wow I did not know she wrote Roseanne or wrote wrote some episodes Mm -hmm. that's fascinating sorry that's totally fascinating to me wow um wow sorry you blew my mind you blew my freaking mind. Rage, we had such a great time with you today. Yes, uh, we did. We always have a question for our special guest, and it's the question that we ask each other, and it's how we start the podcast episode every week, and that is, what you watching this week? I love you watching Bunheads. <laughs> of course. I love it. I, you mentioned it, so yeah. You're like, I watched Ginny and Georgia this week as well, so. So uh, what's your kind of like, do you recommend? We'll go on the Bunheads route because I know. Because you guys are going to go Ginny and Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I would. I, I think that, I think Bunheads actually had me, I, I, I found myself crying at Bunheads the other day and I was like, mm. oh. Um, I think that it's, it's definitely the in-between show for her, mm-hmm. but it's also, I love Sutton Foster in this lead role. And, it, you know, it's fun to, you see aspects of who Emily becomes in, um, in Fanny. And yes. then you see, you know, I like that there was four teenage girls that are all written as they're very well-rounded and they're mm-hmm. all very yeah. and they're all very complicated and and they have their own aspects and as the dancer I loved it sure because yeah. I was bo- I was boo I was growing up that was me I mm-hmm. was boo I was I was the girl with the wrong body type but wanted to be the dancer and just and and so watching how much she loved it I was like oh my gosh and um yeah it, it just it, it's a really nice it's one of those shows that when it was done you're just disappointed that it it only lasted as long as it did like it was yeah. just starting to get to the point where I was like oh what comes next it's and that ABC I, family curse and I didn't realize <laughs> that the last episode was the last episode and then I was so terribly disappointed and I was like that's all I get well it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's been a while since I watched it does it 
like resolve or is it one of those no. like okay i didn't think no, so you don't you don't get a finish no wow no, she goes what what is the last episode she goes to the she goes audition. for an audition spoiler alert then, um yes. oh sorry spoiler alert for bunheads guys she goes for an audition <laughs> and then um and, and um and one of the funniest lines, like I, I, I this will definitely go in my uh, list of uh, things that are going to make me laugh every time I watch them. When Fanny tries to teach the girls sexual education. Oh my God. She's like, she's like, you have to name your banana. And one of the girls goes, this isn't going to work. I'm allergic to bananas. <laughs> I just laugh so hard at it. But, um, and then I think it's Ginny. Ginny comes outside to talk to Michelle about what's happened between her and a boy she never expected and she just starts to cry and you just go oh it's like it's a really powerful moment and then and then that's it (laughs) you know it makes it it makes me wonder you know Suzanne when Bunheads came out it came out very quickly after Gilmore Girls ended and mm-hmm. I know for me, I was sour about Bunheads because I was like, it's trying to be Gilmore Girls and it's not Gilmore Girls. It's got La La, it's got all this. I'm wondering, this is how I'm full circling it. You watched Bunheads years later and you liked it. I'm wondering if that would be the same thing with Jenny and Georgia. No. <laughs> I will hear what you're saying and agree with it, Benny, in that if we take it out of the context of us comparing it to a Gilmore Girls, but regardless of the comparison, I still have, I have strong issue. There's always a moment when I'm watching a movie, when I go, if they're able to seamlessly go in and out of genres and make it like work together, I'm like, snaps, snaps. like you, this is a, phenomenal movie and uh, but if they're trying too hard to go in and out of genres to the point that you're like what show am I watching wait so this was a mystery oh wait now it's a okay and it's a musical okay if that's what I'm doing the whole time then and it's not like so for me television wise that's what Ginny and Georgia did yes is is where like where I'm supposed to be I feel like I'm supposed to be watching like a teen drama which I you know I'm used to watching and then all of a sudden I'm like with like a whole not wholesome but a a teen drama and then I'm like she's a killer are you serious and then I'm like you know oh we're doing a tap dance down the hallway really like it's just pick a lane as you have said yeah pick a lane like pick a lane and do it well i spent the whole first episode going this is nothing like gilmore girls why are they saying it's like gilmore girls yes and her accent drove me crazy yes and then from the second episode so it's episodes two and three i was like I could probably get used to this. This is me. You are the same. Keep going. I feel this. And then I just was like, and and maybe it's a show that I need to go back and rewatch just because there was just, I couldn't keep up with it. It was like with Flash. Yeah, it was with Flash. Jenny changed every 
five minutes. Yeah. She mm-hmm. changed. And that's and not maybe exaggeration. That's who teenagers, and maybe that's who teenagers are this, are now. And I don't realize oh, no. it. So whatever. But she changed every five minutes. And she didn't change a little bit. She like full-on swung in a whole other direction. Yeah. And you're just like, what? What? Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, you're right. It's, it's whiplash. It's total, total whiplash. Uh, for me, Max and Marcus were like the, well, and Ellen were the only things I liked about the show. I really liked Max. I really did. Um, I liked Marcus as well, but I really liked Max. I remember, like, like she was what got me to like it in this, like, episode two yep. and three. Mm-hmm. Me oh, too. I <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think there was good things about it. I think that it, it, Probably, uh, probably represents. Um, I guess attitudes towards sex have mm-hmm. changed a lot. Yeah. Um. Since you know, since we were teenagers, um, and it's probably a good representation of that. And like even things like um, you know, when she's working out what kind of photo to send to a boy, and like I, you know, sixteen-year-old Rach would never, mm-hmm. would never. <laughs> I mean, I would never, even though I was closeted, I would never have sent anything to a girl. Like, it, it, I mean, it, right. I couldn't have done but it. But it was just so, it was just so flippant. Like, oh, oh, you know, it's just, it's just a thing, you know. And um, and it's like that difference of you can always tell how old somebody is by when they're showing you photos on their phone, because mm-hmm. if they hand you their phone, they're over forty-five and they're mm-hmm. quite happy for you to just look at everything but then you've got certain like a certain age nobody under 25 usually will just hand you their phone because there's photos you're not going to want to see right right <laughs> anyway rachel we had such a great time with you and i can't wait yes, to come back on uh i don't know if you watch Grey's do you anatomy like Grey's anatomy i do like Grey's anatomy yes okay we'll have to Very have much. you come back on as we talk about we'll Grey's have to anatomy have you back well. on for Grey's. This is so weird. I thought somebody was behind me when Jake bent down behind you. I don't know why. It's so weird. <laughs> From the side, he kind of looked like Mitch. I don't know what happened, but first, come say hello. Hi, Jake. Hi. Microphone. What's up? Ooh, hello, good. I know, right? You got a voice for. You got a face for TV and a voice for radio. Right? You got it all (laughs) below. Am I I doing ASMR? Am I doing ASMR? (laughs) (laughs) So, Rachel. Famous Jake Plug. So, uh, Rachel, where can our listeners follow you so we can hear more of your just like everything you have to say? Because I think you're fascinating. I I really do. You're fabulous. Um, I'm. Uh, they can find me on TikTok uh, at Hopeful Ray of Sun. That's Ray with an R E. Fabulous. Um, and I'm on Instagram as Hopeful Ray of Sunshine. Perfect. So, but the TikTok is all very pop culture related. Okay, friends. So you heard it here. If you're not following Rachel on TikTok to get all of those movie reviews and her opinions, you've got to go ahead and do it. It's going to be in the pro- or production. It's going to be in the podcast notes below. 
hopeful ray of sun and that's legit all we got for you today and it's been an absolute freaking blast let us know some of your favorite shows that you want us to watch and that you've been watching let us know in the comments and next week suzanne i will be covering jenny and georgia one more time okay one more time because there's still more to talk about it and if you guys oh, it, i'm telling you if you haven't watched it i like for you to kind of like give your opinions on it in the comments of course and for reviews and then of course after that we're going to have another special guest to talk about Gilmore Girls and this one's gonna be really fun because we'll be talking about a lot of season three stuff especially Jess Mariano that's what the big topic is is was Jess Mariano that bad of a boyfriend so we're really excited to talk about that and Remember to tell your friends and everyone to subscribe and to leave us beautiful reviews. And I don't know, put us, uh, tag us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Make TikTok videos about us. (laughs) Season two submissions, by the way, are open now, (laughs) like now, because we are going to be saying goodbye to the Stars Hollow Gazette, y'all, and saying hello to Seattle Grace Hospital. And of course, if you want to apply to be a guest, all you have to do is go on to your TikTok account, create a video ranting about Grey's Anatomy, whether it be structure or it be like Shonda Rhimes stuff or whatever it is. You want to talk about Grey's Anatomy like I know that you do. Go on to your TikTok, make a video, hashtag it TVGate and hashtag Gilmore Gay. And of course, at me at Gilmore Gay, so we find your video, G-I-L-M-O-R-G-A-Y, all one word, no spaces. No, it's creating like a little like thing. And who knows, my friend? you may be on the podcast and that's it we ended the episode let's rant you know what what why don't we make this our icon well i'll tell you what the because we missed it we missed it and i'm gonna tell you this i'll say it again this show should be given a t be mature. TV mature. Mature. A hundred thousand percent. Vibrators. Vibrators. Guns.